2: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the Sports betting network.
3: Saturday Night Live in Las Vegas at the VEASAN studio inside the Circus Sportsbook. The Sunday Bet Prep show, three hours of NFL betting talk on tap, so stay tuned. We've got a great guest list tonight, Scott Spreitzer, my co-host. Uh, Scott, how do you feel about the NFL Week 12 card? We have three games subtracted from yeah. subtracted from it after uh, Thanksgiving Day.
4: Yeah, I'm kind of. I don't want to come in here every week and say, "Boy, I had to increase my point totals <laughs> on my handicap just to get five games in the contest." But it was almost that. It was a bunch of like low-rated games, and uh, we had a couple that we liked that stood out. Uh, ended up finding five plays, but again, it was one of those cards where I liked a couple of games at a decent amount, and then the rest of the card that I liked was all kind of smaller plays. So. Now, last week three and two again, Matt, and it's funny. I mean, you're never disappointed going three and two every week. Mm-hmm. And we had the hot start, we had the bad week, and ever since then it's been three and two week in week out, and you just can't make up any ground. Uh, believe it or not, when you're going three and two, so I'll take three and two every week as far as my personal bets. Uh, but that's what we did again last week in the contest was going three and two, and uh, off to a winning start. We had the Vikings on Thursday, and I I got to admit the Vikings were not. Any sort of big play. It was one of those smaller plays that we decided to use in the contest. Mm-hmm. How'd you do this week? When Scott
3: says we, he's talking about he and Al McMorty. They are a, a contest team in the uh, Circa Millions and the Westgate Super Contest. And uh, Big Al is going to be on the show with us tonight in about 45 minutes. He's going to join us. Also, Will Hill, VCEN analyst, and Big Randy McKay, professional gambler, on tonight's show. Uh, I think I was three and two in one contest last week, maybe two, two in one and one in the other. <clears throat> Something like that. Uh, I can't recall. I went to Hawaii for the week for the Maui Invitational Basketball Tournament. And uh, it wasn't stressing out on the football games too much last weekend. But I did lose. (laughs) I did lose with the Jets plus three and a half. I get off the airplane... And I have a text from Scott Spreicher It says, unbelievable, Jets have 93 yards, and I'm going to lose this bet on the Patriots. I'm like, okay, maybe I won the Jets bet. I look at the score, Pats win 10-3, to what the hell are you talking about? Then I look up and I see the 84-yard punt return. It was a walk-off for the Pats, but hey, the Jets really didn't deserve it. The way their offense uh, played it was so such a pitiful performance by Zach Wilson and the Jets, but uh, that's the way it goes, and uh, I think that I think that was a three and two week for me in the West Game. Hey, I haven't Super been Contest. to Maui in
4: 20 years. Uh-huh. what did you think about Blue Jays? By the way, I think that's a team that can go, you know, well into the uh, end of March Madness. Yeah,
3: you know, I'll, I'll say this about Creighton. I wondered if uh, the Blue Jays had enough athletic ability to match up with some of the elite mm-hmm. teams in college basketball. After seeing uh, Creighton in person, I say yes. I, w- I was impressed, uh, more so with uh, Creighton than I was some of the other teams in the tournament in terms of my preseason rankings, ratings, sure. and what I had. Because I, I upgraded Creighton after seeing the team in person. More athletic than right. I thought, because sometimes you think, you know, a team like Creighton might not have the athletes to match up with right. Kentucky or whoever it might be. They do. I think Creighton does. And obviously Greg McDermott's a heck of a coach. They've been too. kind of a
4: poor man's Gonzaga the last yeah. several years. Yeah. And I think they've got that ability now, as you mentioned, when they got a guy like, like Nimbhard, the point guard and Aluba and all those guys. And you know, they got guys who can big guys who can hit from the outside from the deep perimeter. That could change defenses a little bit. So, anyway, that's college basketball. Uh, Three hours I was, college I was basketball jealous talk, of you, though, yeah. when you were saying you were in Maui, because I forgot <laughs> you would mentioned you were going there when I was texting you, uh, doing my little whine about the Jets and the Patriots. I mean, I'm, I was, I was, you know, Matt, 20, 18 and a half years ago when my kid was born, I decided not to scream and yell at football games anymore or at mm-hmm. basketball bets or whatever the season happens to be. Yeah, you know, don't throw the you know all the TVs in the swimming pool at once anymore. That kind of stuff.
3: I did that once. <laughs> did yeah. you really? Oh
4: yeah, <laughs> I've come close. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't lash out anymore at the screen at the TV screens when I'm losing. I, I hold it in. I think it's probably healthier to let it go. I know I was much thinner and better shape when I used to let it go, but I almost lost it during that game. Uh, they're outgained 290 to 93 in the fourth quarter, and I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to lose this freaking game. Then I thought it's going to go to overtime, and I'm going to lose by half a point sure. after we just talked about. You know the half point stuff the night before the show before or whatever, and then they get that punt return and I'm like ah oh, yeah that's right I deserve that. <laughs>
3: There's not too many ways. There's a lot of ways you can lose a bet. A lot of ways you can win bets too. 85 yard walk off punt returns not one uh, I recall happening. <laughs> well I uh, lost Vanover. Huh? I lost
4: a Tamrick Vanover back in the mid 90s yeah. Stardust contest. I lost that on an overtime punt return for a touchdown of about 85 yards. So I was waiting all this time to get a little bit of payback. (laughs) (laughs)
3: All right, let's talk. What's the high-profile game this week? We usually kick it off with that. It actually involves a 4-7 team. (laughs) Packers and Eagles on Sunday night. Aaron Rodgers said after uh, the win over Dallas, we're not dead. Well, then the Packers went out and played dead and a loss to Tennessee on Thursday night. Where do the Packers stand as they head to Philly for the Sunday night game. Eagles 9-1, and took the first loss to Washington, then squeaked out a one-point win at Indianapolis. Packers have been drawing some support in the market this week. A little bit of sharp money on the pack, dropping the number below seven. Green Bay a six-and-a-half-point dog
4: in Philly. I get the spot. I understand why folks are betting Green Bay, uh-huh. sharper bettors, are betting Green Bay and, and have brought it down under seven. Uh, I think we had Green Bay last week in the contest. I think that was one of the two losses, if I remember right. Uh, and, and we kind of like Green Bay again in this spot. And I said, "We're not doing it, man. I don't care if they win this week. I'm done with Green Bay. We've lost probably we're probably one in three with Green Bay this year in the contest. <laughs> you know, and I, I keep looking at this team, and I'm like, you know, I hear all this talk, you know, a couple weeks ago and most of the season about Brady and Rodgers and the the comparison, you know, that they're both done. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think Brady's fine. I think Rodgers is done. I think you and I talked about it last week, about the way he's missing receivers. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't look like anywhere close to the same Aaron Rodgers that we've grown used to seeing over the last several years. I I also look at the Eagles, and I keep hearing people saying, weak schedule, weak schedule. Well, you know what? They've been working on the run defense, added a couple of players, of course, last week or before last week's games. Uh, The last uh, two games, they held uh, Washington to about three yards per carry. They held Jonathan Taylor last week to under – four yards per carry. Those were tough spots. We all thought they were tough spots in those games. If they can shore up that run defense, this team's going to be awfully nasty for the rest of the season, like we had hoped before the season began. But, you know, I look at Green Bay. They're held to 56 yards rushing, less than three yards per carry. And that Tennessee defense they played against was a banged-up defense, Mm -hmm. and they still could not run the ball. Kind of hard to run when you can't offset a defense or keep them honest with the pass. And it's been 16 games now since Aaron Rodgers has hit the 300-yard passing mark. I just, you know, again, it's like the spot looks like Green Bay, that line looks like Green Bay, and I couldn't pull the trigger. I'm not going to play the game, but I will not let myself. And, and Matt, I don't ever let myself this early in the season prejudiced my my thinking against a team in the NFL. And a lot of times late in the season, you get bad teams that are great bets, and they cover the spread well. This is a bad team I don't want to mess with this week. I just don't want to mess with them. I certainly understand that.
3: I've uh, been burned by the Green Bay Packers a couple times. I used the Packers as a contest play this week. It's not an (laughs) out-of-pocket bet, but it is a contest play for me, and there's a difference in the two. Sure. Um, In the past two games, Philadelphia's offense has averaged 289 yards and 19 points. Are defensive coordinators starting to figure out how to slow down Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? I think uh, we're going to see. Or is it just, Scott, a situation where I always say teams have peaks and valleys throughout the season. The Eagles were on it. They were peaking for the first couple months. Are they just plateauing now? Do you think uh, they can get back to playing their best football in the month of December, which is what you want to do? Uh, but have defensive coordinators, you think, figured a couple things out about the Philly offense?
4: I, I think the Washington game was more of a flat spot than anything yeah. else. You know, obviously Washington made nice adjustments, and they they prepared well for what they had to do defensively. Indianapolis, not a bad defense. The one thing I'm worried about after being a big Philly backer this year is, you know, what they were doing. We I think we've mentioned this before on the show. We, we've talked about how – How good Philly is in the first half and then how all of a sudden the offense is just, you know, there's adjustments made at halftime. The offense gets shut down throughout the final two quarters of games. And we've seen that throughout the year. And now all of a sudden we're seeing teams might maybe kind of make uh, pregame preparations and adjustments for what they're going to see out of Philly instead of adjusting throughout the course of the game. We've seen that the last two weeks. I'm going to chalk the Washington game up to being a super flat spot. Last week, they go up against a a re-energized Indianapolis team Mm -hmm. with a a rah-rah coach on the sideline who came in and cooled things off a little bit when things were uh, getting hot and heavy in Indy with what was going on there. And so uh, I do believe this is the week we judge them. I think if they come out and they struggle against this defense, we got to start thinking about can Philly get back on track to the way they were playing, at least to the first half throughout the course of the season, or have they been figured out? They've got to make some adjustments. I think this is the judgment game here. Yeah, I would agree
3: with that. I I think the Packers have already faced their judgment games and they're finished. (laughs) They're not going to be a playoff team. And and part of the reason Aaron Rodgers is slumping, he finally revealed this week he's got a broken right thumb, which uh, obviously is a factor in his lack of accuracy. I think Green Bay's ability to run the ball is going to be critical to its (laughs) potential to cover the spread in this game. If you can get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and uh, that running attack to be – physical enough to I guess, keep that Philly defense on its heels, then the Packers have a shot sure. in this game. But you can't count on Aaron Rodgers to make big plays and carry the offense. It's not going to happen.
4: And, and don't you give it away when you say, I got this thumb injury, and again, yeah. I mean, just, you know, talking with the NFL players throughout the course of, of my time of 30 years of doing this stuff is, guess what, they're aiming at, at the bottom of the pile and they sack him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, <laughs> there, there's no, I mean, it's war out there and so it's not like they're going to have a chance to maybe, you know, I'm not saying anything they do anything wrong, but give a little nudge to that thumb area, that hand, you know, when, you, when you're on top of a guy, and, and he's revealed the fact that now he's got the thumb injury, so he's kind of opened up the the situation that could happen if Philly gets after him a little bit in this one. If Green Bay gets behind, I think it's lights out game over, I really do.
3: Yeah, it could be. That's uh, that's my concern here, but I use the Packers as a contest play. I don't I think... blame
4: you, though. It's a good spot. Yeah, you know, that's a good. I mean, it does spot. seem
3: like a good spot. I was hoping to get seven. Of course, you know that number is going to come down to six sure. and a half in the contest. But uh, I think Aaron Rodgers revealed a broken thumb uh, for ego purposes because well, so he's playing so poorly. He wanted people to know, he, hey, here's my excuse for why I've right. sucked
4: lately. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a dumb move to reveal any injury when you're a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and and again, it it is. It's like you know, I know I've been really bad this year, but. Uh, Here's the reason why. I'm not losing it. I'm not getting old. I just got a bad thumb. Watch out for me next year.
3: (laughs) Exactly. All right, quick break here on Sunday Bet Prep. We got two-plus hours more of NFL betting talk coming up, so stay tuned. We're going to take a quick look back at Thanksgiving Day and also preview the Rams Chiefs next.
4: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Okay, welcome back to the segment of Sunday Bet Prep presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches—a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction you're looking for. Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-leaf-free, plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store near you at zen.com, that's zyn.com today. Warning, this product contains nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. I see racks of Zen nicotine pouches at almost every uh, gas station or convenience store I walk into these days.
4: <laughs> It's up there with those little energy bottles, I see them all that's the right. time. Yeah.
3: yeah, a lot of people listening to V Sin and buying uh, buying Zen. There you I go. I think that's what's happening.
4: <laughs> Scott, let's
3: uh, take a look back
4: at Turkey Day. How was your Thanksgiving? Was your daughter home, or did you uh, stuff yourself with food? She surprised us with a visit. She didn't get in town until the day after, but she'll be here till Tuesday. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I didn't. And yeah, we're gonna do a big turkey ham thing around Christmas time. We didn't do it this year for the first time, uh, but I only played one game. That was that Vikings game, okay. and we had, Al and I had the Vikings in the contest, also the over in that game, and it's funny because I my worst couple of days of it seems like every calendar year seems to be the Thanksgiving Day games and the Friday after, and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be a minimalist this year, and I played the one game, which was the Vikings game mm-hmm. on Thursday night, and then I played one game on Friday, which was the Missouri Tigers, and uh, I, th- I thought that's enough, man. I don't need to be in with five, six football games. It's funny, I was talking with Al about this earlier this week and he went back at his database, Matt, and he was looking at, at the uh, the results of the past several, I mean, many years of Thanksgiving Day action and how situations that work all season long in the NFL actually are opposite. The results are opposite all on right. Thanksgiving Day. Big faves off of a bunch of wins, cover, you know, that kind of stuff. This year we saw it kind of revert back to more of a regular season situation where you had Buffalo not covering against Detroit. Of course, you had Minnesota getting the cover against New England when folks were starting to jump on the Patriots. Giants get the backdoor cover. Um, So, you know, it was more kind of like a regular season game that we're used to rather than a Thanksgiving Day game. But uh, listen, man, this Buffalo team, Matt, they're two one-score games away from being 0-4 the last four weeks. Turning the ball over too much. uh, Giving up 81 points the last three games. They got some issues right now. Here's a uh, fact from NFL Research. For the first
3: time since 1926, three plus Thanksgiving Day games finished within one score. Bills 28, Lions 25. Like you said, Bills were lucky to escape and some clock mismanagement by uh, the Lions near the end of that game. Cowboys 28, Giants 20, and Vikings 33, Patriots 26. Uh, Scott, I really did not want to play a Thanksgiving game. I don't like to be Ticked off in the holidays <laughs> if I lose, you know, and exactly. ruin Thanksgiving dinner for everybody else. But of course, I couldn't resist playing the Giants plus 10 and a half in the contest, in Easy the Westgate Super Contest, right? <laughs> so it looks good at halftime. They're up 13 to 7. I actually jumped on the app and I played the Cowboys minus eight and a half in the second half because I said that I could see the wheels falling off the Giants. Well, well that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so everybody's gathered around the table eating. I'm jumping up every 30 seconds going to check the TV, (laughs) seeing if the Giants can put together a backdoor drive, and they get it with eight seconds left. That made it a happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) There you go.
4: (laughs) Very happy Thanksgiving. Hey, the Vikings game could have gone either way. You know, it's a tie game, I think it was. I think it was a tie game late in the contest, and and they get the final touchdown of the game, and Kirk Cousins shows that he can win a primetime game on national TV. I I saw a graphic uh, on one show I was watching yesterday on one of the networks that – the Dallas Cowboys-New York Giants game was the most viewed regular season game in oh. the history of the NFL. So a lot of folks hanging on that uh, that final possession by the New York Giants when they finally scored. But uh, Also it went, put it over the
3: total, by the way.
4: Well, yeah, the Giants yeah. game went over. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you're exactly right. It was that, that last touchdown that mattered quite a bit. But, uh, you know, I look at that game. They all gained the Giants by 130 yards. The offensive line was terrific, star of the show. Uh, they allowed no sacks. They ran for 170 yards on mm. about – almost 4.5 yards per pop, and the defense did its job. They got plenty of pressure on Daniel Jones, so hats off to New York Giant betters who got the money, and hats off to the Cowboys who just keep doing things right for the most part despite their head coach.
2: Yeah, no kidding.
3: (laughs) What did Mike McCarthy do in that game, aside from clap with his play card (laughs) in his hand and uh, probably stuff himself with turkey before the game (laughs) and after the game? Uh, But The most surprising thing to me, I think, at this aspect or at this point of the season but the most surprising aspect is how the Cowboys have completely turned things around. Uh, pretty much every TV commentator and uh, hot take guy out there buried the Cowboys after week one when sure. Dak Prescott went down with the injury. They looked bad in the loss to the Buccaneers. And look where the Cowboys are now. I mean, how surprising is it that they're 8-3 and three at uh, this point? But they are. Yeah. Uh, so, or is it 7-3? I think the Cowboys are 7-3 and three after they beat the Vikings and the uh, Giants back-to-back. Uh, Dak Prescott has won 10 straight starts versus the Giants. And I also think uh, one takeaway for me going forward is I got lucky with the Giants backdoor cover. You're not going to see me playing the Giants much more at all uh, the rest of the season, if at all. Scott, that's a really beat-up team. They're barely holding things together at this point.
4: They were already a team that, you know, you and I, I think Scott Kellen, when we had him on early in the season, you know, we had them in the bottom five as far as the NFL is concerned to start the season. And they were coached well. They were coached up. Saquon Barkley was tearing it up the first several games of the season. Danny Dimes not making mistakes, the whole thing. And they're winning games that, you know, you probably didn't think they should before the season began. But that's catching up to them a little bit now. Plus, as you mentioned, just attrition, man, from the injuries are starting to add up. And that's going to be a tough team to back. Dallas, meanwhile, you know, Cooper Rush comes in, saves the day. And then defenses started to figure out Cooper Rush. Uh, His numbers, his accuracy numbers started to drop off after he got a couple of games under his belt. But then it was time for Dak Prescott to come back from injury. Great defensive line. One of the top sack, rate, sack rates in the NFL, if not the top sack rate. And then an offensive line that just continues to open holes. And how about Zeke Elliott? Man, the guy looked like he was 24 years old in the game the other day after missing some time. That's the so, best I thought he's looked in the last two years. Oh, he looked fantastic. Yeah. He had the energy level that he had the first couple of years he was in the league. Maybe he's you know feeling, it, feeling pretty good now because he's put some injuries behind him in mm-hmm. the nice mix of Pollard who I still think is the best back, but if Zeke Elliott can play with that energy level and without the without the injuries to hold him back, and you got Pollard, that's a formidable opponent the rest of the season, no doubt about
3: it. Yeah, Cowboys 8-3, and three, by the way, they are, and they've won uh, two in a row since the loss at Green Bay. Uh, well, how'd you feel about the Hunter-Henry apparent touchdown catch reversal? Uh, I didn't love it. I know you're on the Vikings, so you, ha- you had to say, well, that's probably the right call. It benefited you. <laughs> what'd you what you think after you watched the replay uh was it 50 times it seemed like a five minute review yeah. process
4: i didn't see it when it happened live i happened to walk away a little bit from the screen from that room and uh when i got back i saw the replays and i, I thought it was a, a bad a bad decision I almost really
3: an identical play uh, a couple weeks ago travis kelsey oh, yeah. made, was yep. rule to catch yep there's not enough co- consistency and well, i looked at the still frame photos how do you reverse that? Yeah, exactly. I call it an incompletion. I don't made a big decision. It made a big difference in the spread decision in that game. But it's, hey. it's
4: almost to the point, And you know, not to get off onto this, you know, tangent or whatever, but it's almost to the point where I'm watching a lot of these professional sports, college sports, and I see these replays. And like you said, one game this call's made, the next game on the same type of play, the opposite call's made, even though they both look like the exact same happening on the field. And I'm like, if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna go back and forth all the time and just miss it in reviewing. Why even have the stoppage time for reviews? I mean, just get rid of it if you're not going to call it consistently. And I know there's different crews on the field. There's different groups watching these replays from time to time. But still, I mean, you can't – again, I I thought it was pretty obvious, and I thought they blew it. All right, defending
3: Super Bowl champs are 15-and-a-half point road dogs this week. Rams (laughs) at Chiefs. We're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes a little bit more in a minute. Uh, But talk about a beat-up team. Uh, the Giants are beat up, but the Rams are even in worse shape right now. Cooper Cup out. Uh, we could give you a laundry list of issues that the Rams have at this point. Scott, I started to look at this game this week and said, man, I'm tempted to take that big number with the Rams. And the more I dug into the game and looked, read about it and looked at it, I said, Yeah, I'll pass <laughs> on the Rams. Well, what was your thought process there when you see this big number for the L.A. Rams?
4: Exact same process. It was like I started out going, i got to grab these points, and the more I jumped through it, and I'm like, I almost became tempted enough to lay it with Kansas City <laughs> at one point, but right. I ended up passing the game. But uh, I I don't recall seeing a defending Super Bowl champion this irrelevant, you know, at this point of a season in the NFL, and I, I just don't remember the last time. I know the Broncos, uh, they they didn't make it back to the playoffs after winning the 2015 Super Bowl, but at least they were eight and four through the first twelve weeks yeah. of 2016, and then they lost three or four down the stretch and, and they didn't get to the postseason but the Rams defense it's not the Rams defense that's bad it's this offense that's horrendous and then of course you know losing your top receiver now you're going to be down to a second string quarterback in Wolford uh, you might be down to a third string quarterback in Bryce Perkins uh, Bryce Perkins uh those two have thrown a grand total Wolford and Perkins of 47 passes between the two of them it's hard to imagine individual players being fired up for this one if you're the Rams I mean I know you go out there you get that individual effort we're going to pick it up we're going to play better. But man, if you're down fourteen nothing, you got that. You know Tyson used to say all the time, everybody's got a game plan until they get popped in the chin. The Rams are going to have a game plan if they're down ten nothing, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing. A pick six go, go pick six goes the other way. All of a sudden, they're popped in the chin without a game plan.
3: I think he said punched in the face. That too, <laughs> popped in the chin, <laughs> punched in the well, whatever. It's pretty much the same thing. It looks like it's going to be Bryce Perkins at quarterback. How about the opposing quarterback, Patrick Mahomes? Is he going to run away with the MVP race? We'll talk about that and more next. We come back on Sunday Bet Prep with the Sports Betting Network.
2: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Hey, sign up today to become a vsend pro subscriber. You will get a daily recap of the top plays made by vsend show host and guest, and a lot more. Deep dive daily betting reports, upcoming college bowl and super bowl betting guides. New vsend pro annual subscribers get a thirty dollar credit to the vsend store. Hurry, this is a limited time Cyber Monday offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vsend.com. Slash subscribe. Scott Spritzer in the studio tonight, and uh, Scott. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes because I think I'd say through about seven or eight weeks, it looked like Josh Allen was going to be the front runner for the MVP. That was before he threw a couple picks in the red zone, yeah. fumbled a snap in the end zone, and the Bills lost that uh, game to the Miami Vikings in Buffalo. I think Patrick Mahomes right now is threatening to run away with the MVP race. At DraftKings right now, Mahomes minus one ninety, the favorite. Jalen Hurts, the second choice, at six to one. Tua at 650, Josh Allen all the way up to 8 to 1, Joe Burrow 25, Lamar Jackson 30, Kirk Cousins 40, Geno Smith also 40, and Tyreek Hill at 80 to 1. You don't see running backs on that list, and Tyreek Hill is the only uh, receiver that snuck in there uh, at a long shot price of 80 to 1. Do you think Mahomes is probably going to run away with this?
4: Oh, man, he, it looks like it. Number one pass offense, number one scoring offense, mm-hmm. 28 touchdown passes, seven picks. You know what I like about Mahomes is he plays big in big games. And so when everybody's watching, Mahomes is tearing it up and he's making plays out of nothing, uh, saving sacks and turning them to little flips for 10, 15-yard pickups to his receivers. He's obviously got that great rapport, uh, you know, with his tight end. And so I I think it's going to be tough. I think it's his to win. And they got four wins by a total of 10 points, Matt, which is kind of – it kind of explains the fact that if without Mahomes, this team is not a great football team, I mean, he's taking him to that next level, so I think that gets factored into it. If you look what he's done in the four games that have gone to the wire, and I jotted some of these notes down, you got Mahomes in those four outings, uh, 116 for 180, 1,302 yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception, over 325 yards per game. But that touchdown to INT ratio in those four close calls have been the difference in Kansas City winning those games instead of losing all four of those games, and you, and you mentioned you mentioned Josh Allen. You got six touchdowns and seven picks in his last five games, so his stock has taken a tumble. Mm-hmm. The one guy who I still thinks who I still think doesn't get enough credit is Jalen Hurts. Fifteen to three touchdown to INT ratio, almost a seventy percent accuracy rate this season, and yet he still doesn't get uh, the notice of the respect I think he deserves from a lot of the non betting uh, sports media. I just don't see a big difference between those two at this point of the season. Now, I'm not saying from everything that Mahomes has done in past seasons, then you throw that into the mix, and Mahomes you know, is a couple levels above Jalen Hurts. But this season alone, it's not that far off Jalen Hurts.
3: Yeah, not only that, Jalen Hurts has uh, eight rushing TDs, Scott. So sure. He's got 23 total TDs and three picks. Uh, I agree with you. I think if there's one guy who's got a chance to do it, it's uh, Hurts, who could overtake Mahomes in this race. Obviously, if the Eagles finish 15-2, uh, and two, that's going to really help his uh, sure. case uh, with <clears throat> the voters. But I would say Hurts and uh, Mahomes, and maybe there's an outside chance Josh Allen can make a run sure. at it uh, down the stretch again, but I think it's probably Mahomes or Hurts at this point. And actually, if you go back what you were talking about, the big games, I think the MVP moments the quarterbacks have, we saw one last week with uh, Patrick Mahomes. The Chargers take the lead 27-23. Looks like they're going to win this game, and Mahomes drives the Chiefs 75 yards, six plays, capped by a 17-yard TD pass to Travis Kelsey, and they come back to win 30-27 uh, to beat the Chargers. It's things like that that he makes plays within a game, and yep. then always makes those key drives to win a game to tell you, hey, this guy's the MVP. He's
4: so cool. Even man. though
3: he, even though he, <laughs> he makes a lot of risky throws, his interception total looks a little bit high. Uh, I still think he he makes plays that other quarterbacks just can't make.
4: Absolutely, he's so cool. It's like if there's 45 seconds on the clock, you know, and and you're down by three or down by four or whatever, you're just like, I just left too much time on the clock mm-hmm. for Patrick Mahomes. Thirteen it seconds was 13 too much seconds, in the Bills yes, game. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it is a situation where he's just as cool as it gets. You always feel like you got a chance to win, even if there's just a few seconds left on the clock. And he's just so freaking confident when he's out there on the field in the closing minutes in big situations. And I just read those numbers that I jotted down in those four close games that they played this year. and I mean, it's just phenomenal. In a a situation where you've got to pull off big drives and big plays in the closing minutes of a game and your touchdown-to-INT ratio is 10-to-1 and everybody's watching those hard-fought games down to the wire, Mm -hmm. I mean, that just puts you over the top. And as much as I like Jalen Hurts, I'll take Patrick Mahomes as my starting quarterback.
3: Let's hear from uh, Justin Herbert talking about uh, what kind of – Sets Patrick Mahomes apart.
4: Well, I appreciate the kind of words. I don't think there's a throw that he can't make. Um, so, uh, you know, I think he's, he's being humble there, and he's obviously one of the best to ever do it, and, and so we've got a ton of respect for him. Um, but there's not a throw on the field that he can't make, so he's able to do everything.
3: That was actually after uh, Mahomes said, there are throws that Justin Herbert makes that nobody else can make. Yep. But, I mean, that shows you, when you're talking about the AFC West, why we thought this division was going to be so good at the beginning of the season. Scott, because you looked at Mahomes, Herbert, We thought Russell Wilson was going to be good. We thought Derek Carr was going to be good. Uh, Two out of four is not bad. No, it's half the
4: division. (laughs) (laughs) I've had worse days than (laughs) 50-50.
3: As far as uh, Mahomes and MVP, I think that minus 190 price, you'd probably let the best price pass you by. I can't see it getting much cheaper than that going forward. And uh, Jalen Hurts is the one guy I think does have a chance. And, I couldn't agree with you more. You and I have been talking about uh, Hertz since the summer, and he's backed it up. 23 total TDs and three interceptions. Uh, So we'll see what the Eagles do down the stretch, but he's got a shot. All right, let's talk about the Broncos and the Panthers. Speaking of uh, Russell Wilson, does he deserve to be a road favorite against uh, Carolina? Well, maybe when you consider Sam Darnold is on the other side. Third (laughs) different starting quarterback in three games for the Carolina Panthers. But the Broncos come in here, Scott, with the lowest scoring offense in the league at fourteen point seven points per game.
4: Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was just gonna jump in and say if I can get to twenty, I've got a chance to cover this number. But I don't know <laughs> if I got a chance to get to twenty. Uh yep, we still used them in our in our contest. I think that's the only game I think I saw your contest plays the only game where we're button heads is in this particular contest. Yeah. I don't it's love tough. the Panthers, trust oh, me. And I don't love the Broncos. I mean yeah. I used to be a a Russell Wilson fan, Uh, but listen, Sam Darnold hasn't thrown a pass since last season. He's won four of his last 11 starts, 59% passer, nine touchdowns, 13 picks, QBR under 72. I I feel like I'm talking about Zach Wilson again last week going into that that New England game, Uh, but then again, it's not like the offense can get much worse. You know, it's probably going to be a little bit better. I, I guess 29th at passing yards, 31st in total yards per game isn't going to get a whole lot worse than it already was. But that Denver defense, third against the pass, third in total yards allowed per game. Uh, their passing game, Denver's, is actually a slightly bit better than Carolina's. Uh, they've lost six of seven games by, or excuse me, six games by seven or less. And that does grab my attention. It doesn't mean they come out and win. It means they do find ways to lose close games. So mm-hmm. that's scary in a with a spread of one, and they're laying it. Uh, but Carolina's last six losses have all been by double digits. You know, that's kind of what put me over the top on Denver. There's a couple of the nice NFL uh, long-term spots that back the Broncos in this one. But, you know, the numbers come down. I don't talk angles too much on this show or anywhere, uh, but maybe something folks can keep in mind moving forward is that NFL road favorites off a straight-up loss as a home favorite... 13 and 2 and 33 and 8 spread runs. And it fits with Denver if those teams, by the way, are sub 400 teams. They can't be like over teams that haven't won. They can't be teams that are playing, you know, winning less than 25% of their games. So they can't be god awful, but they can't be good either. And it it, kind of makes sense because if you got a team going on the road, they're not a good team. They're playing 400 football this late in the season, and yet they're still favored. It kind of, you know, it kind of fits together. And so, anyway. Uh, not that that means it's an automatic, but 13-2 and two and 33-8 and eight spread runs in that situation.
3: Well, that's a strong trend. Carolina has won its past two home games against Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Uh, all right, so the real reason we're talking about the Carolina Panthers here is I wanted to let you uh, talk about the hire of Matt <laughs> Rule by your favorite college program, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, the Panthers hi- uh, fire Rule about three years into a seven-year deal. It wasn't working out. It was obvious. How do you feel about Rule landing... Uh, the, the Nebraska job.
4: Uh, of the guys that were out there that they could have gone after or the names that were mentioned all the way back to Urban Meyer, I think this is the best hire they could have made. Uh, climbing at Kansas State wasn't going to come. And before Leopold signed the contract extension with Kansas, I just thought he was almost 60. I wanted to see a younger guy. Matt Rule's 47. If things work out, all he's got to do with that fan base is is get them in a bowl game almost every year mm-hmm. and challenge for a Big Ten West Division win to get to the Big Ten title, maybe title game, maybe once every three years, but always be in the mix. And if he could do that, eight and four, nine and three, couple of ten and twos out there, this guy's going to be there for twenty years if he wants to be there. Uh, that's how much they'll like him. Now the fan base was Mickey Joseph, Mickey Joseph, and on and on and on. And they win the game against Iowa. Listen, that was Iowa giving that game away. And you saw in the fourth quarter how much coaching means because all of a sudden, Nebraska dialed it down with like yeah. 11 minutes to go in the game. They stopped doing what got the lead, and next thing you know, they almost lost the game. Rule is a he, he believes in physicality. Unlike Frost, he believes in tackling and practice. Not kidding. Frost didn't believe in that. They missed a lot of defensive uh, tackles, and I think recruiting would be fine, so I like the hire.
3: I figured you would. Uh, I think Nebraska football is going to rebound. Hey, the Cornhuskers finished the season on a high note. They beat yeah. Iowa 24-17. to <laughs> Uh, yesterday all right quick break when we come back big al mcmorty stay tuned
4: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
3: Hey, soccer fans, get in the game with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook with World Cup in full swing. Now's the perfect time to check out Bet Rivers. Log in to Bet Rivers every match day. You get a free $10 bet when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create the perfect match day experience. Head to BetRivers.com or download the app today to get in on the action. That's Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. All right, Scott Spritzer, Big Al McMorty is going to join us here in a few seconds. Scott, we have a pro tip we have to get to. I wanted to see uh, how you feel about this one. I sent it to our producer, uh, Dan Miller, before the show. And it was kind of a reaction to a text I was getting from, uh, I guess, numerous texts I was getting from people uh, today about, I followed you on this game, I followed you <laughs> on that game, college football. I'm like, hey, you know don't, don't follow me unless you believe in the play. Right. So here's, here's the pro tip. Hold yourself accountable for your bets. Don't blindly follow the advice of others and blame someone else if a bet loses. Uh, I always say this. Now, you've been in the uh, handicapping and top business for a long time, and people are going to br- blame you when games lose. But I get I get tired of that. If you're going to make the bet, you have to be accountable for it. You must have liked it too.
4: Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I'm so used to it. Al McMordy is coming on with us. He's used to it. We've been doing this for 25, 30 years where we advise people and they, you know, they call in, they want to play. I'll tell you how crazy it gets sometimes, Matt, is I I think it was last weekend or the weekend before. I went 5-2 and two overall, but I was getting blasted by somebody for one of the two losses. <laughs> it's just part of the business. You learn, you, you know, you get thick right. skin over the course of time. I understand most times it's probably not personal. It's frustration with losing that bet. But mm-hmm. uh, I tell everybody, man, it's like everything else, man. You got to hold yourself accountable. You know, it's like, you know, Al and I don't make the same money every year because we got to win. You know, if we lose, if we have a bad year... Boom, our our salary, or not our salary, not a salary, our money drops just like you know, you are if you're going to the window on every single play and that's all you do. And so, you know, we hold ourselves accountable by seeing a big drop in finances Mm -hmm. if you have a bad year. So I just tell people, listen, I get it. If you're fair, if you say, How in the world did you come up with that play, even though I might have had good reasons, I'm gonna say, all right, that's fair enough. You know, I had a play that was laying seven, they lost by 30. I got no problem. But when you go on there and just constantly yell about it, you got to sometimes, like you said, hold yourself accountable. For the most part, people are really cool. For the most part, there's a few out there that'll give well, you a hard time.
3: Plenty of strays. Yep. If you are on Twitter, you can find them easily. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I know that you and Big Al McMorty are contest uh, team partners, and when you guys lose a game, you always tell me that was Al's play. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, Isn't joking. that true, Al?
5: It's it's true half the time. <laughs>
3: All right, uh, Al. Thanks for jumping on tonight. Follow him on Twitter at Big Al underscore Com. And uh, Al, I want to start with the biggest dog on the board, and what you see in the Houston Texans catching fourteen and a half points at Miami that you like.
5: Well, they're the second biggest dog on the board, but let's not. That's true, there. second
3: biggest dog. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. So the Houston Texans—they've got the worst record in the league. They're one-eight and one. They also have the second worst scoring margin behind the Steelers, negative seven point one points per game. Uh, Houston's now lost five straight games. In contrast, the Dolphins have won their last four straight up. I think a lot of gamblers naturally shy away from betting on, you know, these really bad teams and especially on the road. But I do like the Houston Texans here as a road underdog. You know, for technical support, if you take a look at how NFL teams have done over the last 43 seasons, the really, really, really bad teams. At game eight forward, if they have a win percent, it's less than 150. They're 134 and 81 ATS as road underdogs if they lost their previous game. So you don't get much worse than having a win percentage of 150 or less game eight forward. But these teams do great as road underdogs, especially off a straight up loss. So that's one reason I really like, you know, the Houston Texans here. And, you know, I've got some other stuff as well. So, you know, that that's anti-Miami, mainly the fact that they're favored by a lot of points and they've got a defensive average that's, uh, you know, worse than, Twenty-four
4: points per game. So, I, I, like I, I, I love that poster back behind your shoulder. I won't get into it because i don't have a lot of time. But I saw the which, Bob Lefleur poster, and I'm like, "Oh, that's my man right there! He's <laughs> showing off that one of the greatest, greatest gambling movies of all time, Bob Lambert. So, if folks I can't see which
5: ones are behind me, but I've got reefy Fee as well. That's, that's a great pretty, show. Uh, a great, great movie. Great film noir. Yeah, a
4: lot of a lot of good uh, French film noir there behind your shoulder. But anyway. Watch Bob Love Lumber if you have a yet. bat. Anyway, as far as the Raiders in Seattle, I wanted to talk about that game real quick because I know some sharps, Al, who are on the Raiders. I know which side you're on. Tell us why you like Seattle laying the points here.
5: Well, Seattle, the last time we saw them play was in London two weeks ago, and they did lose that uh, ball game by five points. The Raiders, on the other hand, you know, played last week. They upset um, the Denver Broncos. If you take a look at how winning teams like Seattle do, They've gone 106 and 77 ATS at home if they did lose their previous game and their opponent was off a straight up road win. So that's part of the reason why I like Seattle here. The other is that they're off their bye week and NFL teams off their bye week. If they actually are a decent team with a 600 or better win percentage and now they're favored over a team with a 400 or worse uh, win percentage, they've gone 82 and 61. So I like Seattle. Seattle is also terrific. Off a loss, they're 57, 33, and 5 pushes ATS at home off a loss, including 33 and 13 if their foe is off a point spread win. So I think it all adds up to a Seattle victory.
4: The next game I want to talk about, see, Matt and I almost have an automatic. Nothing's automatic, but we almost have an automatic, and it's go against the Chargers when they're laying points at home. Mm -hmm. They're laying points on the road here, and you're going against them. Tell us why you like the Arizona Cardinals who uh, got some good news, I guess, this week, and that Kyler Murray is probably going to play.
5: Yeah, that, that, that was enough for me to want to pull the trigger. I was probably going to stay away from the game if he wasn't going to be there. But they were blown out in Mexico, uh, 38 to 10. Uh, the Chargers also lost, but a much you know more narrow loss. They only lost by three points to Kansas City, 30 to 27. And now they're a three-point road favorite. But home underdogs have gone 155 and 103 ATS if they gave up 38 or more points in the previous game and failed to cover that game by 10 or more points. Yeah, I don't really care about team trends all that much, but you know Arizona is twelve and zero ATS following a loss by seventeen or more points if they were playing in the current game, an opponent with a five hundred or worse win percentage. So um, I look for Arizona to keep that team trend going as well.
4: I like that this week. It's you know it's kind of leaning towards Seattle. I haven't made a play yet. I do believe you and I have Houston in the contest if I remember correctly. Uh, but as far as the Cardinals, I kind of like that. I mean, this is a really good spot. I think to go against the Chargers in especially yeah, it's if always a good start. Of course, when they're laying points, I'll <laughs> right. take points with I'll, we'll look to take points with the Chargers when they're away from home. But mm-hmm. boy, when they're laying points in this one, even though it's on the road, I still look to, no, I mean, to go just, against I, them.
5: I just there's such an underachieving.
4: Well, the coaching just, staff is miserable and you I might know, be in a situation mean- where you replace the coaching staff this mm-hmm. year—it might be a I one. Of, you know, what's that?
5: That's exactly what I was saying earlier this week. Like, just get rid of Staley, get rid of them, and I think they could be pretty good.
3: You're going to get attacked by the analytics nerds for saying get rid of Staley. Hey,
5: um, I'm—I I'm, no, <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I'm—I'm I'm like pro analytics. I'm just <laughs> anti-Staley.
3: Right. <laughs> I know. I understand uh, that part <laughs> of it too. You know, I, I said Texans uh, were the biggest dog. Obviously, the biggest dog this week's the Rams. I wanted to point this out and ask you, Al, how close you were to maybe pulling the trigger on taking the points with the Rams. The 2018 Eagles, the largest defending Super Bowl champ dog in the last 42 years. They were getting 18 against the Rams. Eagles won that game outright, 30-23. to 23. That's from Mark Lawrence at Playbook Sports. Uh, did hold, you- hold on, hold on, hold on.
5: I, 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 say, say that to me one more time. You say the defending?
3: Yeah, defending oh. Super Bowl champ, the biggest dog as a defending Super Bowl champ, in the last forty-two years, was the Eagles in two thousand eighteen?
5: Let me let me just see that real quick.
3: It comes uh, via Mark Lawrence. I, I know, I know,
5: it comes via Mark Lawrence. Okay. I
3: get it. Uh, so the Eagles won outright in that game, thirty to twenty-three. I, yeah,
5: I mean, against the Rams, I have the number at thirteen and a half. Okay. So they're not the biggest. I I, I knew he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, they were thirteen and a half points on December sixteenth, uh, two thousand eighteen. This is the biggest.
4: Oh, yeah. This is definitely the biggest now. This is the
5: biggest.
3: Were you close to uh, pulling the trigger with the Rams? Unless
5: unless I misheard you. Did you say he said that they were 18-point dogs?
3: He said 18-point dogs. That's what it says in the er, playbook. No, yeah.
5: Yeah. He he makes a lot of mistakes. 13 and a half. Yeah, I I actually am still considering the Rams. I haven't made my final decisions yet. Um, I'll do that overnight. But the Rams are in the hopper.
4: I got to ask you one question: If it's down to the third-string quarterback who's seeing little action, you know, none this year, basically, or Wolford, does it make a difference? Do you care that it's not Stafford? And the reason I say do you care is because you know Stafford hasn't played well either with his bumps and bruises this year. The offense has been pretty bad.
5: I mean, you know, I know Scott. We talked about this earlier. It's it's it's, it's more that it's not Stafford. It's not Cooper Cup. Not right. it's like it's like everything taken together. I don't really care if it's a backup quarterback, but then when you put it with no Cooper Cup and all the other things going on, that's what gets me off the team. You know, there's just other other fish to fry for me. Um, but I, I may actually still use them. I haven't decided yet. All right.
3: That's Big Al McMorty in his home office in Los Angeles. Big Al, thanks for jumping on. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, guys. All right. So, I don't know if Mark Lawrence was saying that was the opening number or the closing number. He says 18. Usually his info is pretty good, but Big Al says 13, 13 and a half. The Eagles. Yeah. I couldn't recall a defending Super Bowl champion this big of a dog. I can't
4: remember even more than 14, (sighs) but it could have been an opening number, an advanced number, could have been something like that.
3: All right, quick break. We come back. Will Hill, VCEN analyst, joins us. He's on deck. Stay tuned for that, VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: If you dare.
2: Mo Play.